You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Should Lutherans adopt? Is there a need for adoption today? There's a conference to answer that question and more. We're going to learn about that in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today, the Reverend Michael Salamink, Executive Director of Lutherans for Life. Pastor Salamink, welcome back to The Coffee Hour. And hello again, friends. Good day to you. Thanks for spending some time with us to talk about the upcoming Lutherans Adopt Conference, Lutheran Adoption Conference, taking place in Houston, Texas in April. We're going to learn more about the details and how to register for that in just a little bit. Before we even get to the conference, let's help us understand the need for adoption today. What what does that that look like across the United States in terms of the need for adoption? It absolutely has not gone away. There are still uh, children who are in need of healthy, stable homes and families uh, due to the breakup of their biological families for one reason or another. We have about 114,000 children in the United States that are currently awaiting an adoptive home and another quarter of a million who are currently with foster care homes working towards resolution, reconciliation, restoration with their families of origin. So that's close to 400, 500,000 kids in the U.S., that just need a, a family and a home to love on them. And the, the problem is even greater worldwide. We're talking about over 150 million little ones worldwide who are living as orphans. So for those of us who care not only about ourselves, but about our communities, about the most vulnerable, and about the well-being of our cultures and our civilizations, it's, an, it's a situation that we can't ignore. Why is it fitting for... Lutherans to adopt? Is there a special place, a role that we play as Lutherans in adoption? Well, uh, historically, Lutherans in the United States have been very active in coordinating adoptions and caring for the least of these. But in terms of Christianity, it really goes all the way back to the beginning. The world that Christians began to inhabit after the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ was one in which the abandonment or even the putting to death of little ones was common. It was accepted by law. If, as, as the paterfamilias in Greco-Roman society, if you had a child that for whatever reason you didn't want, child was the wrong sex, child had a disability, you didn't feel like you had the means to be able to take care of this child, there were actually places where you could publicly leave that child out to the elements either for passersby to pick up or for wild animals to run off with. Exposure was common. When Christianity came into the world, moved by the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ to respect and protect the sanctity of every human life, those Christians wanted to receive every single neighbor as a gift and a privilege. And the same Jesus Christ who had said, whatever you do unto the least of these, my brothers, you do unto me, inspired them with the forgiveness of sins to reach out and to put those convictions into practice, to care for the people around them because those lives had been sanctified by God creating and redeeming and calling each one. And so Christians actually invented the idea of the orphanage. There were no orphan communities really organized in the world before Christianity came along. And throughout the course of the next several hundred years, Christians exerted a big influence, especially on Western civilization, to create a culture where little ones who were not able to be raised by their families of origin, were not abandoned or exposed or even put to death. They were cared for in a lot of different ways. The Lutherans enacted that in the United States with Lutheran family services, Lutheran social services of a wide variety of regions, even orphan trains and 
coordinating widespread adoptions. And so that's, that is a legacy that has continued to this day. I think on a theological level, Lutheran's understanding and being moved by the grace of God, right? To see that adoption is an integral dimension of Christian theology. God only has one quote unquote biological son, right? Jesus is the only begotten son of the father. The rest of us are adopted by grace as St. Paul outlines to us in uh, places like Galatians. And so in, in thankfulness for that and in, in rejoicing over that, we recognize, number one, the, the needs and the obligations that we have to show God's grace and compassion to those who have nothing to offer us. But then secondly, to receive them as blessings because God has promised that every human life is a gift and a privilege. I think all of those things, especially that, that desire to take care of our neighbor and seeing that as uh, service to God and participating in the works that he is doing, that's what motivates Lutherans in particular and Christians in general to really take the lead in adopting, not only in, in our country, but around the world. Looking at how the Dobbs decision has changed things across the country, how has this also provided more opportunities to live out our Christian vocation and caring for our most vulnerable neighbor? Right. Here is the good news. We're already beginning to track and, and collect some data on the way that that Dobbs decision, which overturned the Roe v. Wade framework, that made abortion access mandatory throughout the land, that Dobbs decision now, we're starting to see the ways that it's sociologically uh, affecting our population. And the good news is it's working, right? There are locales now, entire states like Texas, where there are lots more children being born, carried to term, than was the case uh, before this new legal framework was put into place. Um, on the one hand, that's a fantastic opportunity. And on the other, it's a great obligation for those of us who respect and protect the sanctity of every human life, um, we get the chance to put our money where our mouth is and prove that um, the accusation that pro-life folks are really only pro-birth and they don't care about uh, children once they're born, um, we get to put that into practice and turn that narrative on its head and show how Christians, life of God, gospel-motivated, life-affirming Christians are at the forefront of helping women and men who are experiencing surprise pregnancies find the real answer to their difficulties and their challenges, not in putting their children to death, but in connecting with the body of Christ and community supports, both material, emotional, spiritual, um, social supports for all that they need and, and making those, those folks a part of our families forever. Have resources and uh, support and those things for families who want to adopt, has that ramped up since the Dobbs decision? Have, how have those things expanded in the last year or so? Pregnancy resource centers are serving more clients than ever before. And those pregnancy resource centers, 99 times out of 100, are entirely funded by charitable donations. There are some, some locales where States or local governments realize that they're performing a public common good, and so there's some public funding for that. But by and large, it's the charity of good people. And there are more pregnancy resource centers now than there have ever been before, and they're reaching out and helping more people than ever before. And that's just the coordinated, organized efforts. We also have congregations in communities and individuals who are jumping at the opportunity to share of our abundance and open our hearts and our homes and our hands to those who are in need, especially the kids who are in need of healthy, stable families and homes. 
when Lutherans are considering opening their home to adopt a child or children, what may be unique about how Lutherans go about adoption? Uh, what may be ne- unique about uh, Lutheran adoption or Christian adoption? Well, I think there's a, a couple of things that make Christian engagement and adoption distinctive. Number one, our motivation primarily is for the well-being of that child. We're not just motivated by the desire for couples to uh, bring a child into their home, but primarily by the need of these little ones. Um, so we're, we're child first. Uh, rather than putting adult desires uh, ahead of children's needs. Um, But then secondly, uh, Lutherans are motivated by the grace of God, right? We want to raise children in uh, the knowledge and the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the ultimate goal, right? The Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations. We don't just want to provide uh, physical survival for these children and, and their families, their communities. We want to provide uh, thriving, and then ultimately want to be able to receive them as brothers and sisters for eternity, with whom we may share all of the blessings that God promises to those who trust in the name of his Son. Thirdly, Lutherans and Christians are going to be very concerned to raise these children in homes that reflect biblical Christian values. It's one of the things that has made a, uh, adoption much more complicated in the last five to ten years than it has been over the last 50 to 100 years, in the United States especially. So I mentioned before how Lutherans had been active throughout the 20th century in leading the way, coordinating uh, adoptions, even operating orphanages. As the 20th century progressed, um, we found that uh, the public was sort of catching on. They were enthusiastic about recognizing how we all need to band together and provide for these children in need. And so Local officials, governments, federal funding began to contribute and eventually take over managing those adoptions. The problem now, though, is in the last handful or couple of handfuls of years, we see that the government is requiring sometimes that those who are engaged in adoption or fostering, they have to affirm convictions about sexuality or gender or family that Christians simply cannot share. And so the time has come for Lutherans to sort of take back the the engagement in adoption from just just entrusting public agencies to do this sort of thing to being active in it so that we can make sure that these children are raised in a home that reflects all of the gifts that God has to give and does not lead them into deception. Our guest today is Reverend Michael Salamink. He's executive director of Lutherans for Life. We're talking about the upcoming Lutheran Adoption Conference taking place in Houston, Texas, April 10th and 11th. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon.
Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Our guest today, the Reverend Michael Salamink, Executive Director for Lutherans for Life. We're talking about the upcoming Lutheran Adoption Conference taking place in Houston, Texas, April 10th and 11th. We've talked uh, quite a bit about the importance of adoption, the need for adoption today, and how Lutherans approach adoption. Uh, let's talk about the conference that's coming up. The, what sparked the idea for this conference uh, on Lutherans and adoption? Actually, an agency called Lutheran Family Service of Iowa, it's one of our regional Lutheran social service agencies, reached out to us at Lutherans for Life, um, along with Christian Life Resources, which is kind of like a Lutherans for Life in the Wisconsin Synod, um, somebody that we work alongside and partner with, um, and asked the question, given the changing uh, cultural landscape, um, more and more adoption agencies that we used to be able to trust to refer adoption-minded parents to have begun to accept sort of the public or, or government influence towards things that we can't agree with about marriage and sexuality and family. And so the question was, how can we get more Christians, specifically Lutherans, involved in adoption? We simplified that and just made it our goal to increase the number of Lutheran adoptions in the United States. We wanted to bring together a coalition who could start an initiative, right? Not just educate people, but begin to strategize about how uh, we can work together as the body of Christ, as congregations and nonprofits, church bodies uh, and communities in order to magnify and amplify and multiply our efforts in this way so that we can make the biggest difference possible. Out of those initial meetings about a year ago, we decided that step one is going to be just raising awareness, reminding people about the distinctive gospel motivation that Lutherans have toward adoption, but also making them aware of the need and then bringing some of those folks together to be able to sit down at the same table, share concerns, share expectations, begin to brainstorm, and then collaborate on how we can work together to increase the number of Lutheran adoptions in the United States. And it has taken on a life of its own, and we're very excited to be nearing the launch of kind of a first-of-us-kind conference on Lutheran adoption in the United States. What is your role? What is the role of, of Lutherans for Life in putting this on? I know you're, you're going to be speaking at this conference. Yeah, Lutherans for Life, like I mentioned, is one of the three co-hosting agencies. So along with Lutheran Family Service of Iowa and Christian Life Resources of the Wisconsin Synod, we're the ones who are making the logistics possible, who are doing all of the planning and the organizing together. And then, yes, I'll be, I'll be one of the presenters there, as will the chief executive officer of Lutheran Family Service Reverend Max Phillips will be hearing from award-winning Christian music recording artist Mark Schultz, who has an adoption story of his own to share. We're super excited about that. And, and we're going to cover as much of the landscape of the current state of adoption as we can, from statistics and needs and difficulties to kind of a history of the Christian church's involvement and a theological motivation, to then looking at, are there examples out there? Are there models of congregational involvement, either that Lutherans have used or other Christian agencies and organizations are using that we can tap into and replicate in order to roll this initiative out to as many people as possible? So Lutherans for Life is super excited because an adoption conference fits very closely with the core of our mission to receive every neighbor as a gift and a privilege. I understand there will be a number of speakers presenting. Tell us a little bit about what you'll be speaking about at the conference. So I'm, <laughs> I'm actually delighted that I was tasked with 
giving an overview of the theological motivation for adopting. Why do Christians and Lutherans engage in adoption? What do the scriptures have to tell us and teach us about adoption? How is it very near to the heart of God and near to the gospel of Jesus Christ? And then how has the Christian church sort of carried that out in history through the ages, but then up to and including the distinctive involvement that Lutherans in the United States have had in adoption on this continent? Who is this conference for? Who who are you hoping will attend? We are hoping primarily, or at least first of all, that leaders of the faith, leaders in the church are going to perk up their ears and say, man, we have a fantastic opportunity, but also an obligation and responsibility to be active in leading the way. Um, you know, decision makers, stakeholders, thinking of like regional leaders like district presidents or nonprofit executives, people who are involved in Lutheran social service agencies, those who are active in coordinating adoptions already. But then we're, we're also hoping that we can catch the ear and the mind of the average Christian, right? Every vocation has a means in which it can contribute to increasing the number of Lutheran adoptions in the United States. And we want to bring together as many people as possible from as many places as possible, because we believe that the more minds there are that are working on this project, the more magnificent the results are going to be. So you're gathering in a nice central location, Houston, <laughs> Texas in April. Right. That's we were a... looking for kind of a, a location that would be easy to travel to. Houston has a lot of direct flights, but also one that would provide opportunity for folks if they want to come a day early or stay a couple of days extra and and make make a vacation, a holiday out of it. There's plenty in Houston to be enjoyed, not the least of which is the ever-present traffic. <laughs> but not likely to have three feet of snow in April. So mm, Absolutely. <laughs> and also not likely to be 102 in April as well. So Not in April, we hope. <laughs> <laughs> not in April. <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about some of the details for attending the conference, what folks need to know in order to attend the conference, and anything else they might enjoy while being a part of the conference. Well, registration is already open. It's $99 to register for the conference. And then the conference is taking place at the hotel. And so there are rooms available for, for that as well. So all of the details about the conference are available at the conference website, which is lutheransadopt.org. Adopt.org. That's our conference landing page where you can register as well. If you have difficulty navigating to that page, you can simply go to Lutherans for Life's website and click on the conferences tab scroll down that menu and find the Lutheran Adoption Conference or Lutheran Family Service of Iowa as well has links to that conference on their homepage. There will be speakers, there will be opportunities to learn. What are some of the things that you're looking forward to learning while gathering together with like-minded Lutherans to talk about adoption? Well, obviously, I, I have a curiosity and would love to hear everybody's personal story uh, of involvement with adoption. Do you have a sibling who was adopted? Were you adopted yourself? Have you engaged in adoption or fostering? Do you have ways in which it's impacted your family and your community? What is it that motivates you uh, to care about this situation? But then also uh, people's wide uh, variety of ideas. What, what can we be doing that we're not doing? What could we do even better that we're already engaging in? Are there uh, new avenues, uh, innovative means for congregations, communities, and the church at large to be active in this. But we're also going to hear about the need and I think 
be able to help carry one another's crosses. Adoption is a good thing, is a gift from God, but adoption only happens when something has gone wrong. And that means that in adoption, there's often a lot of trauma involved in the families who are adopting and, and the children who are in the process of adopted being adopted also need lots and lots of support. And there are difficult sufferings and sorrows that the body of Christ can help people carry those crosses. And so building that network, we're hoping that this conference is just the first step in beginning to engage as a body of Christ with uh, the matter of adopting as Lutherans uh, in the United States. And so building those relationships, building those coalitions moving forward, I'm really excited uh, for those uh, those things that are come, come out of it as well. What are some of the ways that Lutherans for Life supports families who are interested in adoption outside? I mean, this conference is a, is a great way. What are some other ways that, that you guys uh, support families who are looking into this? We have an extensive database of uh, local social service providers we have done the vetting and know trusted adoption agencies where people can reach out to and partner with and and be confident that their Christian convictions are going to be respected and enacted. But then also connecting people with pregnancy resource centers in their communities and on the ground. Anybody who, who makes a phone call to uh, our Word of Hope hotline is going to find a, a live person on that hotline 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. That's going to help answer the questions and connect them with the resources in the local community that they're going to need as well. Very good. Again, registration information, that's at lutheransadopt.org, correct? Yes. Or if you have difficulty, you can go right to the Lutherans for Life website or the Lutheran Family Service of Iowa website. Any one of those three websites is going to get you the information that you're looking for. And that is coming up April 10th and 11th in Houston, Texas. Our guest today, the Reverend Michael Salamink, Executive Director of Lutherans for Life. Thanks so much for sharing with us about the Lutheran Adoption Conference. Thank you guys for the interest and the opportunity, and uh, God continue to bless your gospel-motivated voices for life. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Showing support for KFUO is now easier than ever. You can sport a KFUO shirt, swag, or even socks by visiting our online store. Go to kfuo.org slash store and order high-quality KFUO-branded merch. You no longer need to wait for our annual share for a chance to show your KFUO spirit. Visually share and wear this ministry out in the world by checking out our selection. Every purchase helps to support our proclamation of Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Go to kfuo.org slash store.